Welcome back, beautiful people, to an all-new season of the Mastering Agility podcast. I hope you're having an awesome summer. You have some time to sit back, relax, as they say, re-energize that battery. Thank you again for being here. I hope we can provide you with a lot more awesome, inspiring people and podcasts. But before heading into today's episode, I want to give a massive shout out to the Mastering Agility Discord community. As one of the people in there said, we're putting the unity in community. Sounds a bit cheesy, but I think that's exactly what's happening. I see people getting together, bonding, inspiring each other. And one of the initiatives initiatives that came forward by Elizabeth, and thank you very much for actually putting this through, is creating a Mastering Agility book club that will launch coming Thursday, the 11th. And you can subscribe or you can attend the event through joining the Mastering Agility Discord community. I'll put the link in the show notes. Hope to see you guys there. As for today's episode, we're kicking off with Dr. Agile, Dr. As I say, Dr. Agile, number four, or number three, it's actually, yeah, number three. And Amanda Taylor is joining us. Let's see what problems she wants to put into the doctor's office. Amanda, what can I do for you today? Hi, so my first question is, um, as a new Scrum Master, how do you figure out when the team or developers have an, an impediment without them explicitly stating it? Ooh, that's a good question. Is there a specific situation where you run in, where you ran into the situation where you were like, well, I'm seeing something here. Well, I have, yeah, I have one team that they kind of, during the daily standup, they were like, you know, running through it. Everyone had no blockers. Um, but then like the following day during the standup, they would talk about, yeah, today I'm just fixing a problem that we had yesterday, but no blockers again, like. Nobody wants to identify or state the blockers. How do I like understand what they're talking about for one to know that there might be a problem? Um, and this is coming from a non-technical side, right? So without being a with being a non-technical scrum master, how do I really help them be able to collaborate better and identify, you know, when there is an impediment or a blocker? I'm actually in the same boat as you are because I have zero technical expertise, never had, never will. Uh, but the things that I'm trying to look at is flow and the achievement of sprint goals. I mean, if if you see product backlog items that have been stuck in the pro- or in the sprint backlog in the same position that they have been for days, um, so you get a really large cycle time, really long cycle time, or throughput, uh, low throughput, uh, low achievement of goals that would be a signal like there are latent issues that we need to work on, but apparently they're not being brought up and whether the, the daily scrum is the right uh, opportunity or the right moment or the right event to do so. I don't know uh, as the scrum master doesn't even have to be there, but if never, ever, uh, never anyone actually explicitly mentioned like this is blocking us. This is one of our impediments that we need to work with yet you as a scrum master signal that there is an impediment in flow or an impediment in the achievement of those sprint uh, sprint goals, I would definitely make that transparent, either in the sprint retrospective or even before. Have you ever tried that? Um, the team that I started, they were more on like a Kanban 
some basis. So they mm-hmm. hadn't had a retrospective in a long time. So when I joined the team, they quickly had one within my onboarding to kind of show me what it looks like. Um, but we were in a place of still building rapport and trying to get to me scheduling all of the meetings. Um, so no, I haven't tried it in a retrospective, but that's a great idea. You mentioned that they're using the, their Kanban team. They're using yeah. Kanban. But the entire idea, the whole purpose of Kanban is also to visualize the flow that you have. Are they, for instance, using cumulative flow diagrams of where you could observe these kind of things, where you could exactly pinpoint this would be a bottleneck in our flow? There Apparently, we have some impediments over here that you can work with. Yeah, they actually um, have not been using any diagrams. The only thing they used was the JIRA board. So it was really mm-hmm. hard to even like figure out what they were doing and, and pick up on um, their overall goals. Anytime I spoke to the product owner, they were kind of like vague, but also they were really running the team and kind of like driving forward all of the things that the team was doing. So. It was really hard for me to like really immerse myself with that one team in particular. Um, yeah. How does our Kanban board look like? Uh, like what are the steps that they have? They had 11 columns <laughs> for, yeah, it right. was a bit overwhelming. They had a column for everything, QA, UAT, um, QA complete, Oracle, all of the different, um, things that they were doing and it was just it it made sense to them so as a new scrum master i didn't want to like come in and demand for something that was clearer to you know anyone who's looking because it's not for me it's for them so if it made sense for them then you know i was comfortable with at least seeing how it worked um in theory but Mm -hmm. yeah we did not we have not gotten far (laughs) Did they have? Did they work with something like work in progress limit, or for instance, if you have those Oracle those separate uh, columns, is that in progress and done, or is it just the general stuff? Um, everything kind of was in progress. <laughs> there was one column for to do, and then like seven or eight of them kind of was like in progress, except for the QA complete, and then all the way to the right would be like fully complete. They did have BIP limits that they have explicitly stated in their team working agreement. Um, but I don't think that they were really truly like following or adhering to the team working agreement. So mm-hmm. like as a new Scrum mm-hmm. Master, my plan was to revisit the team working agreement um, at some point just to make sure that we're all on the same page and adhering to what we initially agreed on or making adjustments because you know I'm the new Scrum Master so I have to also give my input at least in like helping them stick to their agreement. So it feels like they're just doing Kanban in name only and sort of cherry picking. So what I would do in such a situation is really observe, like what are we supposed to do? What do we want to do? Where do we want to be at? And what's the gap between that? Are we actually doing what we're supposed to do? If we're using Kanban, we should be using it as it should be used. Same with the scrum. If you're going to implement scrum and just run through the mechanics, you're not going to reap the benefits that any framework is trying to offer you. Um, So basically they're trying to, they're shooting themselves in the foot 
yet wonder where the shot came from. And that's what's going on here. I would have a good hard look. What's going on? Why are we not using it as it's supposed to be used? And what can we do to improve? And I think if you would do that, you would uncover a whole lot of symptoms, behavioral issues, uh, probably impediments in the organizational flow as yeah. well. That would be my diagnose for this specific question. Yeah. So um, I have a, a separate team that is very transparent about their blockers. Um, what happens when they do have an impediment and no one is offering to collaborate with them during parking lot and they're not really getting any support from their teammates and they're just stuck? Oh, that's a good question. How do you define team in such a case? Are you actually working as a team or are you just working as a group of individuals that happens to work simultaneously, but yet doesn't really try to achieve the same goals? Can you tell me a little bit more about the, the dynamics and the culture that's going on? Yeah, so they're more of an infrastructure team. So they have a lot of, like all the developers um, specialize in different things, whether it be like Oracle or testing or any of the other programs. Um, so they're not very cross-functional. And so like my goal mm -hmm. obviously ultimately would be to help them become more cross-functional um, and so my ideas initially were like doing like a lunch and learn or something like that, where like each developer can kind of teach to their skill and help the team become more cross-functional. Um, but other than that, it's like everyone feels very siloed in the moment. Um, sometimes they're able to help each other and it's really great when they collaborate. But I remember, for example, one developer was just really stuck with something and they brought it up during parking lot and it was like, crickets. <laughs> I took notes on what their um, problem was so I can talk to the other scrum masters in the company to see if anyone on their team specializes in that particular thing. Um, because cross-functionality doesn't just stick to within that one team. It's like we're all working for the same company and ultimately the same goal. So I felt like that was okay. Um, but I think it was really frustrating in the moment for that developer. Are they working on the same goals? Like, do they have sprint goals or whatever framework that they're that they're using? Are they aligned when it comes to their goals and how to collaborate on achieving goals? across teams or within the same team? Within the same team, yeah. Because because their infrastructure, I feel like they all have different things that pop up continuously. Um, it's not like they're all working towards one project or one goal i remember like some of their tickets were like mousing a tv in the boardroom or somebody else is working towards the system software update um and they're all in one team so it's kind of hard like they're not all working towards the same thing but they're all working towards their own tickets and their user user stories that they're working through so and they're working with the scrum framework that's what they said that's what they hired me to be their scrum master yeah. The thing is, and that's what I see happening quite a bit, is that organizations treat Scrum as their silver bullet, their magic wand that's going to fit every single issue that might be happening. But if I hear you, for instance, activities like hanging TV in the boardroom, it doesn't really reside in that complex domain where Scrum really right. thrives. So whether Scrum is the actual good fit use for, the, for those things that they're trying to solve would be a good question. Don't 
have don't have your organization really think that Scrum is going to solve all of their issues. Look at what the issue is that you're trying to fix and what might be the best fit for that. Scrum does not fit everything. Right, agreed. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you very much again for listening, for tuning in. If you like this episode and these series, please give a five-star rating, a thumbs up on whatever platform that you're using. Share with a friend, colleagues, family, any anyone that you feel might benefit from this show and it really helps us tremendously to grow this platform and to, to grow the show itself. We're working on a lot more awesome things to do and one of those things is the Mastering Agility Book Club. Please again join the Discord community to attend that those events run by Elizabeth Isavidou. I'll share the link in the show notes and hopefully we'll see you back in the next episode. Have an awesome day guys.